Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hello everyone, and thanks again for listening to another episode of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. My name is Kylie Miller, and today we have uh, Dennis Burns. I'll let you say hey. Hey, I'm here. Mr. Mr. R.L. Frazier. Hi. And we also have joining us uh, Dr. Boyd Pageant. Um, he is a plant pathologist and our wheat specialist. So say hi, Boyd. Hey. Well, today's topic of discussion, if you haven't figured it out by now, it's going to be wheat. And uh, I know I've gotten a lot of questions, and um, I'm sure y'all have too about wheat this year. Um, like Boyd was saying before we got on here, the price is looking good, so the questions are coming in. So let's start, I guess, by talking about variety selection, because that's a lot of the questions that I'm getting. Um, we can start there. Okay. Um, you know, the Ag Center has a very good resources to look at, at varieties and, and making that decision about what variety that you're going to grow. Is going to be the foundation for the rest of the season, and we see that with a lot of different crops. Certainly, yield and test weight are important. Um, we need to look at disease resistance, and we'll talk a little more about that in a minute. Uh, also, things such as heading date can come into play. But um, I've I've gotten several questions about wheat. Um, I think what I've been told by some people is it's the varieties that they want are hard to get. So if people haven't already booked their seed, which I'm sure they have, or at least I hope they have by now, um, those that haven't could run into problems getting, you know, the variety that they they desire. So that kind of brings you to the point of cause so, so how do you how do you select your variety? One thing is is don't go on one year data. Uh, the LSU Ag Center website, Dr. Harrison, our wheat breeder, has set up um, <clears throat> his variety uh, performance guide there. You can go on that website and click on it and download it. Uh, there's individual year data for each variety that were tested, usually around and in central up to north Louisiana, anywhere between 60 and 70 varieties. Uh, about 40 varieties or maybe a little more down in south in south central I mean uh, southwest Louisiana but I would encourage growers when they're making their selection to look at at least two year data and those tables can be found in there as well um I know also you had sent out a couple of weeks ago an email um your selections um for like north I guess North Louisiana and South Louisiana. So, if if y'all are not on our, I guess email list, reach out to us so we can get those also in your hands. Um, I guess continuing on, um, you had talked a little bit earlier about planting date. Um, what is our what is our best planting date for the Northeast region? Um, typically, the, well, the state's divided into the North and Southern region. For the northern region, mid-October to mid-November would be our recommended planting date. In the south part of the state, we recommend uh, the month of November, from November 1 to the end of, the, of, of November. So, slight difference, about a two-week shift. Um, 
that's what that's when we would recommend planning. What's the what's the latest we can plant wheat, boy? Uh we planted, and that's a good question. We haven't done any really planting date studies that I've looked at recently. You can go beyond the uh, recommended planting. What probably a week or two would be, but we, I, we don't have any data to back that up one way or another. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage the producers to stay within that window. Something they also may want to consider, and we spoke about this earlier, is heading date. So we have we have heading dates that may range from the upper 70s to 100 days. And um, in y'all's neck of the woods, if you if you plant something with a a short heading date, you know you need to be aware of the potential injury for freeze. So if you have something with a, a short heading date, you need to probably plant it a little bit later in the growing season, I mean, recommended planting window. Uh, talking about the planting dates, boy, and you know, things happen. Last year, we had some wheat that was planted toward the end of the recommended planting dates, dry weather, and it probably laid there another two to three weeks before it got an you know adequate rainfall on it even right. though there was rain predicted every day you know uh anyway it was about three weeks late in the merchants i reckon the stars lined up right we done pretty good with it you know but i reckon right. planning that late had we had a frost or a freeze late but what could have been detrimental yeah, most certainly. I mean, that's why we need to look at our heading dates. Uh, we can't predict the weather. And uh, if I could, I wouldn't be working for the Ag Center. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, uh, just I, I think I would encourage our producers to plant within that window, realizing that we can control what uh, what varieties we pick in, in a lot of cases and also the heading date of that particular variety. So uh, things that we can manage, we need to take advantage of that. Things that we can't, well, you know, that's just the way it is. Lord, have you heard any results or, or I say results from last year's wheat crop kind of, you know, we, we were up in acreage, I know. Uh, have you heard an average yield for last year? No, no I, I haven't. Uh, of course, we had really good prices, and but as far as an average yield, no, sir, I've not. I know, you know, some of the wheat we had done really good up on the upper ends, but some of the lower ends, you know, where we flooded out, lost yield, still average, probably. 55 to 60 bushels. Yeah, you know, I know here on the station, we we had pretty good harvest conditions. Yeah. And it started to rain. Yeah. And rain. <laughs> y'all have had y'all's fair share of rain as well. Oh, we don't even want to talk about rain right now. I think we've got seven days of continuous sunshine forecasted, so. Yeah, I was up, up in... Uh, this weekend, I went up to northeast Louisiana, actually all the way up to Morehouse Parish, and um, there was a lot of corn in the field still standing. Yep. All right. Well, what do you expect for acreage this year? I know that's a that's I mean a, a crystal I, ball, but 
I, I suspect it'll be up from last year because we've had I've had producers and consultants contact me about what kind of variety should I grow in, in this particular area. Uh, there was one particular grower and, and consultant in the southwest region, and they were having issues getting seed. So they're going to be limited to the varieties that they can find. That all said, he had mentioned that they hadn't grown wheat for probably five or six years. I got a, another call last week from the same region, from a different consultant, exact same question. So I would be surprised if it's if acreage, at least intended acreage, is not up. Uh, we got good price. Um, there's there's some incentive there to to go ahead and, and put some wheat seed in the ground. So I would encourage growers. Again, going back to my earlier comments. Even if you're growing something like as a cover crop, at least plant the minimum amount of recommended pounds per acre based on whether you're going to drill it or, or you're going to broadcast it. You know, with the price being good, you know, we're anticipating an increase in acreage. I just had a, a thought, which is scary when I have a thought sometimes. Uh, with us having the problem with the bean crop this year guys may look late you know uh, late decisions to plant maybe some wheat to maybe try to recruit some of the loss from the beans this year due to the, the wet weather uh where i'm going with this is variety i know you talked about variety selection and we hear about it all the time folks going out of state further and further and further north or or east looking for wheat that may not, may or may not work in this area? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the importance of going to our data for our state. Uh, just because something looks really good up in Arkansas, there, it may not perform, it may not perform the same as it would here. And that's again going back that's the reason that we split the state into the north and the southern region i've spoken with dr harrison and, and he's mentioned at times that some varieties in south louisiana don't perform well in north louisiana and vice versa so we have this data it's partitioned out into our northern experiment stations and our southern experiment stations uh, they have disease ratings they have heading date, there's a lot of good information that's available for the producer to, uh, you know, base their decision on. Although right now it's late as far as, as selecting a variety. That's the reason I was afraid. I, I, I get worried when that happens is folks going out of region, I reckon be the best way to put it. Buying, right. or buying seed that's not approved for our area and, you know, and getting in trouble down the road. Yeah, it's that's definitely something to to emphasize when you're when you're uh, meeting with your producers and consultants. What about fungicides? When we okay, um, let me back up just a little bit and, and go back revisit this our variety data. Scab has been an issue, um, not so much last year, um, but in the past, probably the last. Four out of the past six years, scab has been an issue. Dr. Harrison, Dr. Price, and myself 
have planted um, six replications of each variety in the OBT now. And we treat half of that with a fungicide for scab. So we time it best we can. We treat it, we come back a couple of weeks later and treat it again. So what does this mean? This, this gives our producers the opportunity to compare variety A with and without a fungicide. So they can they can capitalize on any kind of resist. There's there is some resistance to fishyama head scabs. There's actually some good, but there's nothing completely resistant. Um, so it, when we start talking about fungicide applications, there's going to be there's going to be two windows that, that we're looking at. One would be for our rust, our leaf rust, and our stripe rust. The second application is going to be made at flowering compared to a flag leaf emergence application for rust. So we want to at least try, and we, and we do have very good resistance to our leaf and stripe rust. So we want to try to at least eliminate having to put something out for, for our rust. And if we can select a variety that's conducive and, and fits into wherever we're growing our wheat, if we have to come back with a an application for fusarium head blight, or it's also called scab, we certainly don't want to have to make two applications, one for rust and one for scab. So um, we have some very good we have some very good fungicides for our rust. They they're very effective. Some of the older chemistry, some of the older trizoles are very effective for rust. Our fusarium head scab, we have a couple of new products. One's from Syngenta, it's Miravisace. We have another one from uh, BASF, it's called Spherix. Uh, there may be, be some more down, uh, coming down the, the road. The problem is those fungicides don't provide, you know, 100% control. So if you can find a variety that has some resistance to fusarium head scab and then Combine that with a, a fungicide application, that would be your best bet for that particular disease. And then rely on genetic resistance, our leaf rust. So we're up to planting date, head length, <laughs> disease <laughs> resistance. Oh, go ahead, Dennis. Go I'm on, just man. thinking of all the things we got to consider instead of just well, no, going out there no, grabbing no. a bag of wheat. Okay, but. Is the question I got is with the price of beans the way they are, the price of wheat, price of beans, right? Double crop. We've always had some double crop. I mean, some people do it every year, some people do it every once in a while. Is there anything that can go into the process that would let us plant in May, the last week in May instead of the first week in June for soybeans? I mean, is there a, is there a way to? Um, there's no way to speed it up or anything because that's people are looking at, you know, fifteen dollars soybeans. Well, that's full season soybeans plant, you know. But I'm gonna plant this week. But now I'm first week. Normally, your first week in June for us. Right. Is there a way to um, back it up a week? Well, I mean, Dr. Mosley, our our soybean specialist, has some really good work that that I'm actually collaborating with him on uh, on planning day. So I think you can probably 
again through variety selection with your soybean variety and plant it such that you know it's it's not uncommon as we know to be cutting beans the end of august uh, into september in some cases of course it'll extend beyond that but uh well, i'm talking about though double cropping behind the wheat right and, and you and make the wheat come off early the wheat come off a little earlier oh uh no i don't believe you can <laughs> you can you can you can you can look at the heading date and use mm. something that's maybe a shorter season you know variety would be our best bet i'm sorry i got confused no, that's, that's, easy. Right. that's easy that's for right. me to do. Well, it just, well, and it's it's people are looking at fifteen dollars soybeans. They're looking at eight dollar wheat. You know, you're kind of going back and forth. And I'd like the best of both worlds. Sure. And but sometimes that last week of May is a big difference in the first week of June. You know. Right. Yeah, it was dry then, but you know, yeah. right now the beans are green or riding through the storm or ride, rode through all this rain a lot better so mm -hmm. i mean you don't know what mother nature's gonna throw at you no you don't i mean there's some right there's some double crop beans right here above the station that are great i mean they'll you know that august that all 13 days of rain hit them just right right I mean, so but That's some of them not quite so much uh he hadn't he hadn't said anything about fertility um <laughs> And that's a very good question as well. So if you're planting wheat behind cotton or corn or grain sorghum, you may want to make a pre-plant application of nitrogen, usually about 15 to 20 units. Conversely, if you're planting behind soybean, you should have, you should, depending on how much rain you've had, you should have adequate nitrogen at planting. So they they need need to, you know, keep that in mind when you're it does make a difference what crop was in the field prior to planting wheat as far as fertility. Of course, we all know we do our, our P and K applications in the fall. So I would encourage with any crop, I would encourage uh, producers to go out and, and take soil samples so they know what the fertility of their, their fields are and they can make those adjustments as needed. Did we talk, did we talk about um pounds per acre for drilled and broadcast no mm -mm. We mm -mm. no that, that was pre-recording we talked about it i, I know <laughs> um so another consideration when growing wheat would be how am i going to plant it what what implement am i going to use and there's there's two two methods you can either drill it which is the preferred method, or you can broadcast your wheat. And just realize that if you do broadcast your wheat, you're going to limit yourself on, on certain herbicides that you might be able to use. If you drill your wheat, you don't have to use as much as if you broadcast. Our recommended uh, amount for, for drilled wheat is going to be 60 to 90 pounds. If you decide that you wanted to broadcast that weed, it's going to, it's going to jump up to 90 to 120 pounds. So, um, you know, it's, we want to have, we want to kind of keep that in the back of our mind. Because seeding rates will vary depending on, on what kind of implement we use. 
All right, guys. Well, um, I guess thank you for being here today and talking to us about wheat production. Um, no we've problem. had you on. We've had you on here a couple times before, and you're always welcome to come back and speak about whatever you whatever you want to talk about. But um, I don't think there's any events coming up right now at this time on the calendar. Other than that, um, we appreciate everyone listening, and um, we'll try to have you another podcast out next week. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, boy. Y'all have a blessed day. You too, sir. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local extension office.